0: Hi everybody, Cheryl Akison here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. In the wake of the Islamic extremist terrorist attacks on Israel, there's been a remarkable rise in anti-Jewish hate here in the U.S., particularly on some college campuses. A new report finds anti-Semitism in higher education is being stoked by a foreign government that's quietly become a major funder of our universities. You know that anti-Jewish hate, racism against Jews, anti-Semitism, these incidents have increased in frequency since the Islamic extremist terrorist attacks on Israel and Israel's response. But this is something that you may know has been brewing and building for quite some time in the United States. Now, with the new attention, federal investigations have been opened into Harvard University, the New York City Department of Education, And seven other entities amid complaints of anti-Semitism and, according to the Biden administration, complaints about Islamophobia as well. I won't go too far off on a tangent here, but I'm using the word Islamophobia even though I don't think it applies because the complaints aren't about people who are afraid of Islam. The complaints are about people who are allegedly discriminating against or actions against people who believe in Islam or who are Muslim. Recently, leaders of numerous universities were called before Congress to testify at a hearing. There was some interesting back and forth with some members of Congress questioning the university leaders about whether it was appropriate for them to be taking so much money from certain sources, questionable sources in the minds of many critics, because some of these sources are aligned with anti-Semitism and anti-Jewish hate, racism, and other things against Western civilization. And this is the topic of this week's full measure, one of the stories we're doing on Sunday, December 10th, because there is a group called the Institute for the Study of Global Antisemitism and Policy, and they've done some extensive reporting over the years, well before the most recent attack on Israel, in terms of money going to academia in the U.S. from questioned sources, such as countries and foreign donors who believe in these horrible things. Charles Small heads up this group, this institute, and he says they have been able to find a direct line between the funding from certain foreign sources to our universities and the rise in anti-Semitism. There are numerous players involved, but a series of investigative reports by Small's group in particular flags the Muslim nation of Qatar as a key supporter of anti-Semitism and a key funder of American universities. In fact, Qatar has reportedly become the number one foreign funder of American universities since the 9-11 terrorist attacks by Islamic extremists on the United States in 2001. Qatar is said to be a key supporter of the terrorist group Hamas, the one that attacked Israel most recently and has attacked many times before. And I looked it up because I am not an expert in foreign politics or foreign affairs, And it was so explicitly stated in so many places that Qatar supports Hamas. I wanted to see if that was the case as far as whether it had been established or was theorized. And it seems to be well-established and not disputed. So it makes all of this more interesting to think about Qatar being so on the side of the beliefs of the terrorist group Hamas, and yet such an important funder of our universities. In fact, as you'll learn, Qatar has opened a facility, this giant facility there, that's called Education City. That has a whole bunch of on-site campuses of American universities for places like Texas A&M, Georgetown, Cornell, Northwestern, Virginia Commonwealth University, Carnegie Mellon. They're educating students there with a lot of power over the curriculum, control over resulting research, and so on being held by Qatar in the end. And that's, again, part of what makes this so controversial. So first, we're going to hear from Charles Small, again, director of the Institute for the Study of Global Antisemitism and Policy. And then after his interview, you'll hear what some of these universities have had to say about these allegations.
1: So basically, the reports are looking at why American universities and universities in Western countries have become so anti-Semitic. And we're speaking about not just on the campus where there is instances of anti-Semitism, but in the classroom. Why is the the intellectual, political discourse shifted over the years to really demonize the Jewish people and Israel? And part of the research that we're doing led us to looking at funding, funding coming out of Qatar. And Qatar is very much connected to the Muslim Brotherhood and how that's impacted higher education.
0: When you sought to answer this question, what were some of the things, the tools that you used? How did you start the research?
1: So basically we started this research looking at how we, we started to locate some funding in the United States uh, at, at Ivy League universities um, from the Gulf region. And this sort of led us on a, an odyssey. And we started a, as a small project, and it's kind of grown. And we have experts on the Muslim Brotherhood and Muslim Brotherhood activities in universities, intellectual activities. And we work with experts on terror financing who are experts of locating money.
0: If you had to synopsize the findings in a simple way in just a couple of sentences, what would you say you learned?
1: So we've learned that funding by Qatar in particular uh, has influenced American academia when it comes to issues of democracy, the West, the notion of America, American society, n- the United States in the world, and when it comes to the Jew- Jewish people in Israel. And basically Qatar, uh, it's, its spiritual leaders of the Qatari royal family is the Muslim Brotherhood. They have a bayah, a bayah is an Islamic notion of an oath, the royal family has an oath with the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood is basically a reactionary social movement. It's not Islam and it's not Muslims that I'm speaking about but it's a very narrow version of Islam that fuses European antisemitism and even fascism and Nazism with a perversion, I would argue, of Islam. Uh, the, le- the spiritual leader of the Muslim Brotherhood for his entire life, Yusuf Kaudawi, always preached that the true believer is obligated to complete the work of Hitler. So the Brotherhood is out to destroy Israel, murder Jews around the world, and destroy democracies. And they're using antisemitism as a way to fragment the United States and Western democracies to weaken. them.
0: For people who don't have a firm grasp on all of the history and geography, can you explain what Qatar's special interest might be in undermining the West and promoting this idea of anti-Semitism?
1: So basically the Muslim Brotherhood wants to destroy Israel and they're Islamists and they believe all of the Islamic world has to be under control of uh Islamist ideology. They want to create a caliphate. They want to get rid of Western interests, Christians, Jews, moderate Muslims who don't believe in their ideology, and replace it with an extremist caliphate, and in doing so, weaken the West.
0: And Qatar is a very wealthy country.
1: Correct. There's only 300,000 Qataris who are part of the royal, part of the royal family or indigenous to Qatar, and they're one of the wealthiest the, if not the wealthiest country in the world they're worth trillions of dollars through oil through say. oil and gas yes
0: so give us start to give us some details of how and when you found that Qatar began associating itself with american universities
1: so they started in our research they've started about 25 30 years ago and they've really amplified it increased their funding significantly in our research we found tens of billions of dollars of funding legally and illegally into higher education in the United States. And very simply we can look at the impact of their research. Uh, It's a complicated issue but very simply we know that the Jewish people in the Holocaust were perceived as not being white and poisoning the purity of the white Aryan race and the Nazis tried to eliminate them and this resulted in the Holocaust and the hunting and industrial manufacture, the industrial, sorry I just made a mistake, so in the hunting and in sort of the in industrial level genocide in which the Jews were hunted and exterminated. Today in American Ivy League universities and some of the best universities in the United States, people are saying that the Jewish people are white and not the Jewish people are white and welcome to the club and sorry for what happened during the Holocaust. But now scholars in the classroom and the Students for Justice in Palestine on the campus are now preaching that Jews are white and the embodiment of white supremacy, of racism, of occupation, of colonialism, of Nazism and even apartheid. And we can trace this shift in American discourse, this dangerous, irrational, illogical shift to the funding of American universities by the Muslim Brotherhood inspired Qatari regime.
0: Can you give us some specific examples of money? Let's first look at legal money to American universities from Qatar and what influence it's had.
1: So we can see for some of the money that we've uh, traced, for example, at Texas A&M, we found over a billion dollars in funding from Qatar. The Qatari Foundation, which is part of the government of Qatar, um, funded 502 research projects worth over a billion dollars. Qatar owns all of the intellectual property rights for these projects. And we also discovered there's some projects that deal with nuclear research. Texas A&M has access to a nuclear reactor for research purposes. And they've done some research, which, which Qatar owns the IP for this research, and also other research for military, which has military implications. So this is a very dangerous discovery that we made, and I think it warrants serious investigation.
0: So that's that's a national security issue, Correct. potentially. But how does that or does that relate to the notion of influence in what's taught on campus or the sentiment, the anti-Jewish sentiment on mm-hmm. campus?
1: So again, so I think first of all, there's in, uh, in Qatar, they created uh, Education City. The Qatari government set up uh, campuses. There's eight American campuses. There's Canadian campuses and British campuses. There's one, the Serbonne has also a campus there. And we have been able to trace billions of dollars that's sort of being funneled through Education City into American higher education. So again, Cornell University has a campus in Qatar. We've discovered $2 billion from Qatar to Cornell. And if we look at at Cornell as one example, there was an explosion on October the 9th. October the 7th, there was the pogrom. October the 9th, faculty and students returned to universities, it was the Monday. And we can see at Cornell, there was an explosion of anti-Semitism and anti-American politics, which we believe has a direct connection to the decades of funding by the Muslim Brotherhood-inspired Qatari regime to our Middle East Studies departments, our social sciences, and humanities. So it's had an impact.
0: So to, to draw a really direct line, forgive me for like parsing this, but to try to understand is the thought that because the universities know so, they get so much money and benefit from this country, they tend to be sympathetic toward its views or what it knows it must want, or does Qatar somehow through the funding actually place Qatari or like-minded professors and sponsor courses that teach certain things in these schools or sponsor clubs, all of the above?
1: I think it's all of the above. There's instances where, for example, that some of the IP or the research projects at Texas A&M that have nuclear research and military purposes. You can see there's a direct benefit to the Qatari regime to obtaining this uh, intellectual property, and God knows who they're sharing it with. Are they sharing it with their good neighbors, Iran, and the Iranian Revolutionary regime? We know that Hamas, is um, their leadership lives in Qatar and is supported by the Qatari regime. Are they sharing some of this military secrets or research with them? Uh, so th- there's that level. And I think also if a university is receiving billions of dollars from a patron, obviously there's influence. They wanna, the university wants to have good relations with them to, to help them uh, make sure that their investments are done properly and have benefit for everybody. So I think it's soft power. The Qataris are really using soft power in a very uh, wonderful way. I think they're playing chess and they're masters at it and they've, they've obviously had an impact When we look at the explosion of anti-Semitic and anti-American rhetoric on on our campuses from October the 9th, we have American citizens at our best universities, sometimes experts (coughs) in uh, various areas of expertise, who are actually supporting Hamas when we have American hostages uh, in in captivity in, in Gaza. So there's something amiss that's taking place.
0: You mentioned you discovered illegal funding as well. Can you give some insight into that?
1: Correct. So according to um, American law, there's legislation that says that any funding, foreign funding, that goes to a nonprofit organization, and in this case, higher education, many many universities are nonprofit organizations, that any gift over $250,000 must be reported to the Department of Education and to the federal government. The university has the responsibility to list the name of the person or organization or government, the amount and the date that they received it. And we know from previous research that we did around 2018 and 2019, we found $3 billion in undocumented money. There was a federal investigation. The federal investigation found $16 billion in undocumented money coming from Qatar, from Islamist organizations, as well as Russia and China. And the government put universities on notice that they had to report, otherwise they could be in, in legal trouble. But we know that the universities still are reluctant and are not reporting.
0: Was there any punishment when the universities were found to have taken the money without the proper reporting?
1: Unfortunately, not yet. Um, as soon as the, this current administration was elected, they called off the, the federal investigation. And I think now with I think more, more information coming to light that there's increasing pressure And the current administration, I would argue, to have a federal investigation into what's happening.
0: You mentioned Texas A&M and Cornell. What are some other things you found about specific universities?
1: So we found Yale University, for example, is, again, not reporting. We found several million dollars in funds coming from Qatar to Yale. That's not been reported to the Department of Education. Harvard University refuses to... uh, provide documentation, they, they provide a lump sum. They don't individual individualize every contribution that's made to the university, but only give a lump sum, which is not what the law stipulates. Um, Cornell University, we found $2 billion. Most of it is undocumented money. So there's this illegal money coming into American education, higher education. And there's also the legal means. We found, for example, the Qatari regime bought Santander Bank uh, major stakes in the bank. And within weeks of uh, obtaining uh, control of the Santander Bank, they started giving money to Ivy League universities in Middle East studies and in in departments that are notorious for being anti-American and anti-Semitic.
0: How did you trace the, what you call, the illegal funds that had not been
1: reported? We did it through open source intelligence. Everything is uh, through, uh, we have an amazing team of researchers who are experts in the brotherhood and experts at sort of monitoring this sort of situation. And we were able to ascertain, you know, it's probably the tip of the iceberg, but we've been able to find tens of billions of dollars through open source research um, showing the flow of funding.
0: What do you think has made American universities susceptible to this kind of influence, rather than thinking it through perhaps and saying this is maybe not a good idea for our educational goals?
1: So it's a good question. I think that higher education may be the last vestige of the American economy that's essentially unre- unregulated, and the universities have a strong lobby in Washington to ensure the free flow of people and ideas, but also resources. Uh, universities are very competitive with each other. Each university wants to be the best and offer the best uh, education and services to its students to attract the best. So I think there's a lot of pressure on universities to get funding and to receive it and to help develop the, the university. And I, I don't think there's a culture of sometimes checking what the source of the funding is. And um, it's amazing that here we have a, a, a regime, uh, an ideology that liter- literally calls for the murder of Jews around the world and universities are happily taking their funds. I, I was a graduate of Oxford University, for example, and Yosef Kawadawi, the, the spiritual head of the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, always taught that the true believer is obligated to finish the work of Hitler. He was a founding member of the Board of Trustees of Islamic Studies at Oxford University. So Oxford wel- you know, welcomed not only Yosef Kaudawi and the Muslim Brotherhood, but their money. And this is sort of perva- pervasive in, in Western Europe and in North America.
0: What do you think should happen next?
1: I think it's essential, especially given this explosion of anti-American and anti-Semitism sentiment on on universities, on our campuses, and and perhaps more worrying in the classroom. There needs to be a federal investigation into the funding of our universities and the hijacking of our education by anti-democratic, anti-American, hateful organizations. This is an ideology that calls for the murder of Jews. It also calls for the subjugation of women the murder of gay people and the destruction of democracy. And we need to investigate why the discourse in our country is becoming fragmented and quite, quite ugly.
0: What can you think of is the best defense a university could put up to the argument that they shouldn't be taking legal money from foreign sources such as Qatar?
1: Look, I think a university is where young Americans and young people learn to be citizens. This is where that we're, we're educated. It needs to be a space that's open to debate and open to all sorts of ideas that strengthen democratic principles. Um, And I think taking money from organizations that call for genocide, that call for a war against the West and democracy, to subjugate women, to kill citizens of our country, have no place in our country, let alone this very sacred space of a university.
0: Much more after a short break. Introducing Whipped Seafoam Body Butter by Sirene Cosmetics. Hi, I'm Star, owner of The Lemonade Mermaid. Enriched with the nourishing powers of cocoa butter, mango butter, and shea butter, our body butter whisks you away to a world of deep hydration. Experience the essence of the sea with every application, as this whipped delight leaves your skin refreshed, replenished, and ready to conquer the day. Visit thelemonademermaid.com and make your skin sing with the magic of the sea. I wanted to hear what these universities had to say about these allegations, so we posed questions to them. I remarked that This institute has confirmed that not all foreign contributions from certain universities were properly reported with the Department of Education or other foreign trackers in our government, and that the institute, I told the universities, further alleges that the money from Qatar influences anti-Semitic behavior on campus, as well as the teachings on campus, and I asked for universities to provide any information that's relevant that they wanted to give us to address this or contradict it. In the end, they didn't really directly answer these questions. It was a bit like the hearing I mentioned earlier where some of these university leaders were asked point-blank questions but gave sort of generic non-answers many times. In any event, Cornell University told me, quote, Cornell receives funding totaling over $1.3 billion since 2012 to operate a medical school in Qatar, that has graduated over 500 students from the Middle East, Asia, and many other countries, including the US. We are proud of this collaboration that is helping to train much needed doctors to support patient care, biomedical research, and overall quality of life. The remaining funding received supports medical and scientific research." That was Cornell. Yale University likewise did not answer our question specifically, but said, quote, "'Yale disputes the conclusion of this report speaking of the Institute report on anti-Semitism. Yale says, which contains factual errors and misleading statements, the university is not aware of any funding from Qatar that has not been reported as required under federal law. Texas A&M, a big focus of the Institute's investigations, did not answer us at all. And Harvard's president in the congressional hearing again, did not say too much specifically about what was right or wrong about accepting money from Qatar and other anti-Jewish sources. Instead, she simply said that they only accept money that is in line with their policies and that they don't do anything wrong and that they don't break any laws. All of this is the topic of one of my stories on Full Measure Sunday, December 10th. I hope you'll watch it. To find out where you can watch it on a station near you, go to com, click the Full Measure tab, and you'll see a list of TV stations and times. Or if it's easier, you can just go online and watch because we feed it live at 9.30 a.m. on Sundays, Eastern Time. I think the feed actually starts playing closer to like 9.31 or 9.32 in the morning at fullmeasure.news. That's online at fullmeasure.news and then Starting around noon on Sundays, you can see replays of the entire program at the website fullmeasure.news. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if you did, you'll share it with your friends and leave us a great review. And check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ackeson Podcast. Also, for great ideas for Christmas, I hope you will check out the Cheryl Atkinson store. Go to SherylAckeson.com and click the store tab. All proceeds from these cool products for independent thinkers benefit independent journalism causes, like the Cheryl Ackeson Ion Awards, which rewards independent, off-narrative investigative reporting. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to cherylaxon.com and click on the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of fun and functional products designed specifically for independent and free thinkers like you, featuring slogans like, I tested positive for critical thinking, and I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All my old ones came true. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Ion Awards for off-narrative, accurate reporting. Go to CherylAckeson.com and click the store tab today. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if you did, you'll leave us a great review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. And now you can support independent journalism causes by visiting cherylaxon.com and clicking on the store tab, there are some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you, such as products with the slogan, "I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All my old ones came true." Proceeds benefit independent reporting causes. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.